If you have a take from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Five o'clock hour is underway on a Thursday afternoon, 1061 ESPN. Sean Robertson over there from CBS 6. Bob Black right here. Lewis on the other side of the glass. We've had a good hour of a variety of sports conversation from four to five, and we're going to keep it going. In the five o'clock hour and at the bottom of the hour, Michael Phillips is going to join us. Uh, cover the Commanders Ravens game for AP. Uh, now that he's no longer with the Times-Dispatch, so he's back in his own haunts. And uh, maybe a little deja vu there, so we're going to talk with Michael about all that. Of course, he was a regular contributor with us mm-hmm. last year on a weekly basis talking Washington Commanders. So excited to have him coming up at the bottom of the hour. All right, one more thing on baseball for okay. now. And then I want to get to Lewis's college football question um, that he peppered us with earlier because it will it was a good one, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So... Uh, the Nationals and Yankees played a day game today, mm-hmm. and I just happened to be able to grab lunch at a point where I could watch part of that game this afternoon. Yeah. You're not going to believe this, Uh-oh. and this is only because they're too far out of reach, but I've actually kind of become a Nationals fan. Really? I like the way they're playing. I like their young guys. I'm a Davey Martinez guy, and they just extended him. Two more Two years. Two more years, yeah. That told me something right there because there was a lot of rumbling and talk. Yes, it was. That he was, he was done. He didn't want to do it anymore. He didn't Not wa- even that the, the Nats didn't want him, but that he just he didn't want to do it anymore. It's and a, he must be seeing something in it, what's coming. It's a, I think for him to be where he was, I mean, you were at the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. You just won a World Series championship, mm-hmm. and basically they're telling you, we're going to start from scratch. All of these guys that were key components of that World Series championship team – we can't pay them. We can't keep everybody. So you're basically are now the manager of a rebuild. That's a tough pill to swallow after having all of these guys, you know, you know, being very successful. And but I think maybe this youthful enthusiasm with this group, this never say die. You know, we're gonna we're gonna play till the twenty seventh out is recorded. I think it has recharged his managerial battery to the point where, you know, you can see him having fun. Again, and, and I think uh, kudos to the Nationals for rewarding him for that because that is a major pill to swallow after winning. A, I mean, it's what four years removed after winning the World Series championship. You got to rebuild from scratch, basically. I'm glad you used that phrase, youthful talent, youthful enthusiasm, because as I was watching that game today, and they beat the Yankees again. First of all, maybe I'm rooting for the Nationals right now because they're beating the Yankees. And I know the Nationals aren't going to be a threat to the Braves or the Phillies, at least not this year. I may not be much of a Nats fan in the next couple of years because I think they're going to contend and be a lot better. And the Yankees are just Man, they're all, they are. Now, they had 12 hits today, mm-hmm. but there's only two guys in that lineup. Like, Aaron Judge is must-see TV. Like, I'm looking down, whatever I'm eating, and out of the corner of my eye, Judge is coming up, and I stopped mm-hmm. what I was doing. And mm-hmm. I watched him. He did homer today again. Four and two games. Four and two games. He only went, that was the only hit today. But I did stop and watch him. And I think Giancarlo Stanton, I would stop and watch. Not having a great year, at least average-wise. He had a big day today with four hits and a home run. Other than that, they are a putrid offense. Nobody uh, Sean you. Casey's got his work yeah. cut out for him there. They're they're really bad. And the Nats were down three to one. 
Mm-hmm. Sixth inning, Yankees have first and second, nobody out, can basically put the game away, and they don't score. Mm. They had a ground out into a fielder's choice and a double play, and the inning was over, and the Nats came back and scored four the very next inning. It could have been five or six to one. Yep. It was three to one. The Nats score four. They take the lead, goes back and forth. They hang on to win six to five. But here's my point on your youthful enthusiasm. C.J. Abrams, the shortstop, who I think is a terrific young player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the Phillies-Nats game Friday night. He beat the Phillies with a home run, like off the foul pole in right. I mean, a sweet-looking swing. And he does play with a youthful cockiness and exuberance. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alex Call had just homered, and then he comes up, and he hits one out of the park to right. I mean, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So he stands Uh-oh. in the box, Uh-oh. stares at the home run for a couple seconds. You'll have to watch the highlight. Looks at his dugout on the third base yeah. side and gives it a classic stare and bat flip to his dugout, Mm -hmm. and then he circles the bases. And the crowd's booing him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get it. Mm -hmm. And when he gets to the dugout, Davey Martinez does pull him aside. Like, they're getting ready to put the Homer wig on, you know, the George Washington Homer, and the guy stops. Like, you watch the replay, you'll see it. He's ready to put the wig on him, and he sees Davey has grabbed Uh C.J. Abrams. And I'm sure what he's telling him is, we don't play that way, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't do that, because C.J. looked ticked off after it. And now, Sean, you know I'm an older guy and a baseball traditionalist, mm-hmm. but I see this one both ways, and I'm actually going to lean a little bit with C.J. Abrams here. Ooh. Like, I get what Davey was doing, yeah. and I, in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking, he just got a new two-year contract. He can do this now. Mm-hmm. He can do the disciplinary He's thing. got a longer leash. He absolutely does. Yep. And you yeah. could tell it ticked Abrams off as he walked through the dugout. He took that wig off. He wanted no part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, very perfunctory high fives to the guys. No usual celebration. But here's a couple points. Baseball is dying for guys like this. Absolutely dying for guys like this. And you know what? If I'm the Yankees, don't throw him that pitch. Don't let him hit that home run. Exactly. He didn't stare down the pitcher. Nope. He didn't stare at the Yankee dugout or embarrass them or throw his bat towards the Yankee dugout. Mm-hmm. It was all to his teammates. And he circled the bases in a normal amount of time. He didn't like Juan Do Soto lollygag yeah, around yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. And I, it didn't bother me at all. Uh, I mean, as a kind of a neutral fan. but I And if I'm a Yankee fan, all right, I'm mad, but that's good. That's part right. of baseball. That's mm-hmm. what you want. And I just actually thought both sides were right. I'm okay with Abrams doing that and showing some pizzazz. He didn't show up the other team right. unless you want to call bat flip showing up the other team. But but guys are doing that all the time. Now. Everywhere. You know, Everywhere. Aaron Judge. And if it was Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton, nobody would have said anything about it. Nope. You got a young up and coming kid, you know, and and and, and that's probably what he said. Look, you know, you maybe. Know. But I liked it. Like yeah. you know me. I'm more of a but I'm like, you know what? That's good for baseball. That kid is really good. I'm not taking that yeah. away from him. And they wound up winning the game. You need more guys like Abrams, definitely De La Cruz in Cincinnati. You need guys like that to market the game. Young guys coming up, adding some excitement to baseball. This is what the sport needs, and they need to do everything in their power. I know it's a team sport. You don't want to individualize the game by focusing on one guy. We we see it in every sport. However, when you got young guys coming up, you got to take advantage of that. This is a great opportunity for Major League Baseball to do that. Let's market these guys. Let's put them on commercials. Let's put them in put them in, uh, in situations to spotlight not only their teams but also the sport and bring some more youth into the game couldn't agree with you more 
Um, so yeah, I'm kind of rooting for the Nationals right now. That's, it's a, it's, <laughs> I know we've had a few guys, uh, a few people, I won't say men and women, that have covered this team, and they've all said the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a young team. But they're fun to watch. It's not like the traditional rebuild where, you know, like in the, with the Orioles, where you knew they were going to lose 100, 105, and they really just didn't give you all of that effort every single night. It seemed like even when they lose, they give the effort. They're going to play until that 27th out is recorded. The results may not show up in the wins and losses, but you kind of see the camaraderie and the togetherness with that team in Washington. You're seeing it definitely in Baltimore for them to be in first place. The Beltway, I think, is going to come around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we want to see those teams come back. We want to see Washington back in that forefront, Baltimore in the forefront, and be amongst the topic of conversation in regards to the playoffs. You know why else I'm rooting for the Nationals? They're now tied with the Mets for fourth place. I saw that. The I Mets that. are one loss away <laughs> from being alone in the cellar in the National League East. And it's never <laughs> happened before this late in the year where both the Yankees and Mets were in last place. That's why I'm really rooting for the Washington Nationals. I know. I know there was an <laughs> ulterior motive. Ulterior and motive again, for when it. they get good and their record is good, I ain't rooting for them yep. anymore. Yep. I'm, I'm going on record now. It's for one year and one year only <laughs> that I'll I'll root for them. Mets but, got the Angels hey, coming, uh, yeah, coming to town yep, this weekend. Yep. So the, the Angels go to New York and then to Philly. Uh, for the next for the next six games, and I, like I said, I was at the game Friday night, the Phils uh, Nats, and just to your point, Phils jumped to a six one lead. Mm-hmm. They had their no hitter pitcher on the mound, Michael Lorenzen, yeah. which I actually thought was a bad thing because he threw the no hitter against the Nationals. You don't think for one moment the Nationals are going to let that happen again? Not again, no sir. You know, and they didn't. They came back and they won eight to seven. Abrams hit a three run homer to bring them back and win the game. And I'm not happy about it, but I was respectful and impressive that the Nationals were able to pull that because they could have easily folded the team. Oh, it's another game. It's, yep. it's in August. We're, yep. We don't have a. We're not going to you know put a dent in the divisional lead. And what, like you said, what do they do? They come back, they rebound, and win that game. Why? I tell you, that Beltway. You, you got some brewing mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. We've seen what they're doing in Baltimore right now. You know, give the Nets maybe a couple more years, and I think they'll be right there. Uh, the Beltway's got those um, um, Easy Pass expansion lanes are open now. That was very helpful on my way back from D.C. Yes, so indeed. kudos to them. I know that's technically not part of the Beltway coming down 95. But, but going up there enough yeah, times for that, yeah, yes. It was good. Count it. Count it was part of the Beltway. They, they had, they had those, <laughs> those lanes open again. And, hey, I love what's happened in the National League right now. I mean, if the playoffs were to start today, you'd have both the Cubs and Reds in the postseason. I, I love that. Those are two mm-hmm. tradition-rich mm-hmm. teams, you know, that people identify with. Yep. They would help make October even more impactful if they're in there. Not to take anything away from Arizona or San Francisco or even Miami, but Philadelphia, Chicago, Cincinnati are your three wild-card teams. Those are baseball towns. And you got Dela Cruz. He yeah. will be in the playoffs with that team. And I remember that series they had against Atlanta in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I want to say mid-July, mm-hmm. late July. That was a really fun series to watch. And it put Cincinnati back in that forefront of, okay, you know what? We got some talent. We got some young talent. We got a really fun team to watch. You have him in that situation. Um, it's going to be with, uh, was it uh, uh, Votto? Oh, Joey Votto, Joey yeah. Best interview in baseball, right yes. there. Yes, yeah. That'll that'll be a fun team to watch if they get to the uh, to the postseason, and it'll be good for the Cubs to get back there too after uh, 
really, you know, mm-hmm. being in, in floundering yep. after their World Series went a few years ago. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, there's our baseball stuff for today. <laughs> Let's tell you what else. What other stuff, sports stuff, we're going to talk about in the next 45 minutes on the Sports Huddle. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, we urge you to switch to James River Air. You could save up to 30%. Don't believe us? Check them out online. It's right there in print for you at jamesriverair.com. Well, while we're talking all this Major League Baseball, here's a scoreboard update from today. Uh, the Dodgers won the completion of a suspended game with the Guardians uh, from rain last night by a score of 6-1. to one. Dodgers uh, pounded out 14 hits in that game. Speaking of pounding out hits, Red Sox lead the Astros 17-1. to Top of the ninth wow. in Houston. Uh, Boston has 23 hits. Mm. This afternoon, my curiosity is getting the better of me. I am clicking on the box score just to see. Uh, Verdugo, here's how you know you're having a big day. The top of the Red Sox order is on their seventh at bat of the game. Verdugo is four for seven Mm. this afternoon. Uh, And then a lot of guys just had two, three, four hits. Adds up to 23 hits for the Red Sox today. Who the heck pitched? Uh, J.P. France. Started that game for the Astros, two and a third, 11 hits, and 10 earned runs. So you never know what you're going to see when you go to the ballpark. Uh, how disappointing if you're a Houston fan, you get one shot to go to a game this year, and you go to the game today, and they're down 17-1 to in the ninth. Uh, Dodgers-Guardians regularly scheduled game is 2-2, bottom of the third. Uh, lighter schedule rest of the evening. Blue Jays and Orioles play the rubber match of their series at Camden Yards tonight at 7.05. The aforementioned Cubs are in Pittsburgh. Rangers play the Twins in Minnesota. A's and White Sox. Reds, Diamondbacks, important game in the wild card in Arizona tonight and then the finals we gave you Nats beat the Yankees 6-5 and the Rays over the Rockies 5-3 coming up at 5-30 Michael Phillips joins us to talk some NFL preseason commanders he covered Ravens commanders for Associated Press uh, Monday night he'll join us really for the first time since his departure from the Times Dispatch so looking forward to catching up with Michael in about 15 minutes happy to catch up with you as well 804-327-0888 when we come back after the break producer Lewis's question to us about college football that's next on the Sports Idol it's not much of a divisional race in the NL East, but hey, just ask the Mets how that worked out for them last year. The Braves still have plenty of work to do, and you can hear every broadcast here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves. 1061 ESPN Richmond. You didn't hear the conversation during the break, but I <laughs> emphasize this, and Sean will understand it. We are live and local. Sports Talk Radio, 1061 ESPN. In the afternoons and in the mornings, of course, Jamie King with the Sports King, live at 7. Big Al is live, 8 to 10, with Sports Phone, and Matt Josephs is live with Border to Border from 3 until 4, and we are with the Sports Auto. The occasional taped interview, but for the most part. Every once in a while. Yeah, we are live and local. All right, Lewis, been promising our audience all day long you found a college football team that you were curious about for some reason. Who is it? What's your question? Sean is ready to answer. 
Absolutely. It's uh, Colorado, Deion Sanders. Oh, prime time. That's why you're noticing prime them, isn't time. it? That's prime not your team time. or anything, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. What's your Duke. team? All day. Huh? Who? Duke all day. No, I asked about basketball, football, not basketball. Football, I asked about football. All day. Duke, oh, no, is like- your, Duke is your team in football? What is going on here? Wow. I got to represent. I got to be loyal. Wow. I'm tongue-in-cheek on this one. Wow. Uh, you know, people who listen to the show know my A, affection for Duke, and B, my relationship with Duke. Yeah. Because the yeah. kid works at Duke. The kid works there. So so I'm kidding in a little way because they had a great season last year. Mike Elko, former defensive coordinator at Rich, or linebackers coach at Richmond, was not even defensive coordinator. Head coach, got coach of the year in the ACC sure last did. year. Yeah. Got into a bowl game. You know, they opened with Clemson on Monday night, Labor Day Monday night. Ooh. At Duke. If my schedule wasn't so packed, I would have been begging my kid for tickets. I was going to say, tell, talk to your kid. I would like to go to Cameron. I've never been. We, we'll a, do this this winter. I would I'll like get to go it. There. I'll get, now, it may not be against Carolina. That's fine. You know? I, I know it that, may yeah. be against Carolina a or Carolina Central. I, I don't or mind. Okay. But I just, I've never, I've, I was great. close. I was close. One year, I think, State won their CIAA, won the CIAA championship and it was it was a classy move by Shoseski. Whoever won the CIAA championship the next year, you played Duke in an exhibition game. Very cool. It was that was always his his mm-hmm. thing, and I and I wanted to go that night just to you know to shoot and to say hey I was in Cameron Indoor to see that game and I think there was a scheduling thing happening up here and I couldn't go down there to Cameron and Union I think the following year did the same thing and I couldn't go. I missed that opportunity to. To see that, but yeah, that was a. I don't know if Shire is continuing that tradition, but yeah, every I'll year, find out for you. I got sources. Yeah, please do, please do. But yeah, that was that was uh, that was your perk, I guess, for mm-hmm. winning That's the NCAA championship. You got to play Duke in a preseason game the next year in Cameron. The so year was, after Randolph Macon won the national championship, Richmond or VCU should have played them in an should, exhibition. Sure, I know the one same year team, Richmond obviously. did. Yeah, they did. And that was a couple. Uh, was that? Right before the pandemic? I think right? so. I think it was yeah. right before. And it was an exhibition. Cool. Yeah, that would have been cool be for making uh, to get to VCU that. and or Richmond. Yeah. Could, you know, that would have been Alternate cool. years, and then maybe State or Union does that with the other school. But yeah, that would uh, that, would, that was cool by Shusevsky to do. And like I said, I don't know if Shire uh, will, will continue. Sometimes that, was, the kid listens, like either in taped form or <laughs> on his phone in, in the car. Yeah. So if he is. If he is listening, let and, us know. And we'll start that. him working on the process of tickets. So I've been to three games as a fan at Cameron. Uh, never called a game never, in there. Richmond has the never. Nest. You know, Duke Duke's scared of the Spiders. They're, they're not <laughs> scheduling them, whether it's Krzyzewski or Shire. They're, I have that on good information. Oh. No, we're not playing Richmond. Really? That, that's a quote. That is, I got it. Ooh. I got it. So I guess I'm not getting up to that crow's nest, which is okay because I'm claustrophobic anyway. I'm not <laughs> sure how I how I would handle that. I have done a game at the crow's nest at Central, and they said they basically modeled it just like Duke's crow's nest. So I've done a couple of games in the crow's nest at, at Central. So that's the closest I've been in a crow's nest. Lewis, now, you've been to games at Cameron? Yes, I have. Right. Cameron is one of the most electrifying gymnasiums on the planet. I agree with that. So I'm jealous, Lewis. So I'm jealous. I, I went um, 
only one was really a marquee opponent. So the first time I went was against um, Eastern Kentucky. Okay. Uh, Jeff Newbauer was the head coach at Eastern Kentucky, former, former Spider yeah. assistant, eventually Fordham head yep. coach. I think he's out of basketball now. And their associate AD was Simon Gray, who's okay. now the athletic director at Niagara, one of my best friends who went to Richmond, was our PR director nice. before he moved up. So I was able to get tickets set right behind the Eastern bench. Okay. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, and, and Will actually went to that game with a buddy of his and they were like 12 years old now he's working there, he's working which there. is a pretty cool story but anyway again not a great game it ended right. a 40 point game but it was the experience the second one i went a couple years ago was app state okay got to sit pretty much right at midcourt in the lower level not the student section side right. not the side of the floor you sit because right. it was during the holidays it was a, a mm-hmm. christmas time game mm-hmm. so that was cool and that was a little more competitive of a game you know app state mm-hmm. is north carolina t- so that was cool the last one i went to i uh, was actually able to sit up top not in the crow's nest but in the corner they have some media seating Okay. And they have a spot there for national radio. So when national radio yeah. comes in, yeah. and they weren't there for that game that night, so we got to sit up there. And it was not claustrophobic at all. It was okay. it was totally fine. You see the whole arena. You, you're not in the middle of it at that point, right. but you get the panoramic view. And that okay. was against Virginia Tech this past oh, okay. year. And that was really cool. And Duke played, actually wound up beating them, obviously. But, I always um, wondered about, like, it was cool. It's worth we'll get like you there. That, like when you're, I guess, a national radio or the visiting radio, where do you sit? And if you're in the corner, how good is that? Our that view, view was not terrible at okay. all. Again, you understand it was the corner. Yeah. But it wasn't. I could have done the game from there. Let's put okay. it that way, without okay. any problem okay. at all. Visiting radio is right up there with Duke Radio. Okay. You know, in the in the crowd. In the corner. Yeah. Gotcha. And the ESPN or whoever else is there. Gotcha. All right. Anyway, Lois, I got way off track here. We got to get to a break. Yes. Uh, in just a moment, but he did ask about Colorado and what we thought they would do this year, all because of primetime Deion Sanders and yes. you know he changed over the whole roster. He kicked all the players out. He used the transfer portal. <laughs> all of that. I don't know that this year is going to be a prime time year. TCU, that. that's a tough one. That's their opener, and I'm, right? I'm, I'm trying to, it's, I keep forgetting they came off a national finalist game. Yeah, they were what national finalists. Wasn't exactly a, a game. It wasn't but... a game, but they made it to the college football <laughs> playoff did. final. So they you're did. going up against one, you know, the second best team in college football last in their year. home opener. In their home in opener, Fort Worth. Yeah. Tough game to start. Yeah, you should. I think you can beat Nebraska. I think you can get Colorado State at home. Rivalry game. Never Rivalry know, game. But it's at home. Yeah. Yep. Going to Oregon. That's tough. Don't think so. You host USC at six ranked, and me and Bob were talking about that during the I break. I don't think so. They always have a banana peel game. They do. They always have a banana they peel do. game. It won't that be might that be one. that one. It, I, it won't. But Dion in, on the other sideline, it won't be that but one. But it USC is in L.A. Wins. So USA, yeah. win, USC wins that one. Um, Arizona State is a tricky one, too. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky one. That could be a toss up. I think they beat Stanford, okay. UCLA. I, I think that's a tricky one, too. Yep. But I would I'll probably lean toward UCLA. Oregon State is tough, mm-hmm. but it is at home. Yep. Then you got Arizona. I think they can get that one. I think they should beat Washington State. And then the tough one will be Utah. Yeah. Four wins, maybe five, four or five. I would say between five and six. I okay. think they're in bold consideration. I think one of those tough ones they might can steal. I just, um, the one the one that stands out to me is the one they could steal is that Oregon State game. All right. So you're going to go five, six. I'll go four, five. Yeah. Mark that there, Lois. We'll see. We'll see uh, how much guidance we really gave yeah. you. Um, and now, if they steal that months. USC game, I know it's in it's in the Coliseum. But if they can go there and steal that one, they're going to a bowl. I'll tip my cap to you if that yeah. happens. I'll if buy they, you if, a ticket to Cameron Indoor oh. Stadium. If they come win. on, Dion. <laughs> All right. Hey, that was my main question. 
What's that? Whether or not you guys thought Dion was going to bring a championship to the program this year. Oh, no, no, not no, no, this no, year. No, no, not no. this year. No, no. He might moving forward. But it'd be interesting to see how recruiting will change yep. when he goes to the Big 12. Yep. You know, that that's going to be the key. He's yep. got a full, he's got a recruiting class this year, next year with the Big 12. That that year we'll see. Yep. That's good. That, because that could be a winnable conference with Oklahoma and Texas out. Yeah, I don't that think could, this year, but no, see no. what he does in the Big 12. Absolutely. Break time for us. Michael Phillips, we'll call him from the Associated Press because that's what he was working for when he covered Commanders and Ravens on Monday night. Makes his return appearance to our airwaves after the break on 1061 ESPN. He delivers his own take on sports. And maybe if you're lucky, a pepperoni pizza and garlic sticks. But I wouldn't count on it. He's cheap. Matt Josephs is live. Weekday afternoons beginning at 3 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Are you ready? Oh, we played them? All right, 532 on the Sports Huddle on a Thursday wow. afternoon. This yeah. has flown by. Hasn't it, though? Yeah, I've talked to my the, the, my pilot who's in the chopper. I say, stand by, because as soon as we leave the radio show, we're taking the red eye. To Elsie Bird. To Dutch, the new Dutchman Field at Elsie Bird. They got new turf. Wow. At Elsie Bird. Big, big Region 5. Uh, C contest with James River. Highlights at, at 11 tonight? I th- Well, we'll have to see. If BTR uh, is going on, if not, he may throw a highlight or two Oh, in. that's right. You have BTR. Listen to not, you. Yeah, Tell yeah. the audience what BTR is. Beyond Come on, man. the roster is one of our many franchise pieces with CBS 6. Lane, I think this is the one where it's the officials, where uh, there, there was a game. There was a, uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Mike. I know you're waiting. <laughs> There's a, there was a scrimmage a couple of weeks ago. He's got ago. all the time in the world, right? I, and I mean that as affectionately as I can possibly say, because I have been there and done yes. that. But go ahead. There was a scrimmage a couple of weeks ago, and one of the, I think it was deep run in Goochland, and there was an opportunity for hopeful officials to kind of get into being an official. And so that was a story, trying to promote, again, the fact that there is a shortage of uh, high school football officials, they're trying to up the uh, up the number. I think it's they want it to be at two hundred and something, and they're at like a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty. Mm, got so, ways to go. Yeah, so they were. So that was the. I think that's the story tonight. All Still right. trying to push uh, the shortage of high school officials. I'll watch because it is the only local sports station that, in town, and that's why a lot of the games this year again will be on Thursday nights to because of the shortage. Because they know officials. they will have they will have officials on a not of sports night. departments at TV stations, exactly yes. but of officials of officials <laughs> and there is a sh- well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he has been patiently waiting, which is just like the good old days when he used to be on regularly, yes. and I would get him on. Sorry, five, Mike. Five minutes late. He's four <laughs> minutes late this afternoon. Michael Phillips joins us. Great to have you back on the air. Great to catch up with you. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I, I'm going to drop a BTR casually. I love to be on the roster segment, but I feel really in the know now. Um, dude, I, I feel like a college football coach. Uh, they, they pay me to not coach uh, at the moment. And uh, there, there's worse gigs in town. Now, the college coaches, they'll get that for like three, four years. Yes. Like they, they live really good. I, I don't think I... I don't think I got quite that lucky on the draw. <laughs> and you're picking up stuff uh, here and there, aren't you, Michael? Yeah, so so short version, I got laid off from the Times Dispatch. Um, they're discontinuing Commanders coverage. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not special. Um, that, that's the story in newspapers around the world right now, and, and certainly uh, everybody reads those tea leaves. And you guys were just mentioned with Sean that 
the changing media landscape, but uh, I'm excited to be a part of that changing media landscape. I was covering the game Monday for the Associated Press, uh, doing some work for our friends at uh, Dial Weekly and uh, maybe the Virginia Mercury as well, uh, picking up some stuff along the way, and uh, hopefully some some really exciting announcements in the in the next few weeks. So things are good. Hey, Mike, was it? Tell me how what was going through your mind when you walked back into FedEx Field Monday night, not as the commander's beat reporter and sports editor for the Times Dispatch, but you're you know you was working as a freelancer for the AP. You know, and as part of my freelance duties, I went to go talk to John Harbaugh after the game, and I, I never go to the visiting locker room. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. it's, it's the story the players always tell, right? Like, I went to the visiting locker room, and it was weird. I went to the visiting locker room, and it was weird. <laughs> uh, and then I turned the corner in the visiting locker room, and guess who's standing right in front of me, all, all 330 pounds of them? Morgan Moses. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I, I felt right back at home again. There you go. <laughs> Wow. And my eyes did not deceive me, right? But your byline with Associated Press did find its way into one edition of the Times-Dispatch, didn't it? (laughs) It's always a treat to be in the hometown paper, Bob. (laughs) That's the icing on the cake right there. That really is. That's that's the bitter irony of all time. Um, So what was the feel, Michael? Uh, Aside from yours, obviously, which was probably pretty surreal, but things are different now at FedEx Field and with the commanders, the whole ownership thing. What kind of overall feel did you get from an exhibition game Monday night? Man, so so separate this into a few things. And one is, I, I mean, there was energy on the sideline, like legitimately so. There were the CEO of Verizon was down there hanging out. Uh, Joe Gibbs was down there hanging out. Wale, the rapper, was down there. Mm-hmm. The, the whole ownership group was down. Minus Magic Johnson was down there. Um, there was It was legit bumping pregame. People wanted to be down there, wanted to be a part of it. Um, the game was unlike any preseason game I've ever seen and that legitimately both teams wanted to win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure you guys watched it to the finish. I, <laughs> I, I've never watched the fourth quarter of a preseason game with as much interest or yes. intensity as this one. And, and I don't think that was the ownership change. I think that was the Raven streak, but it, it was still a very fun subplot. I will say, though, let me, let me just pour a glass of cold water here. It's still FedEx field. The traffic is still miserable. Yes. The concourse is still terrible. The food options are still bad. Those things did not magically change overnight. There is hope in the air, but it is definitely the same old building. Okay. The media parking, is it still as bad? They actually, starting, so in the pandemic, they gave, they, they upgraded the media parking, and they have actually held on to that. Um so we, we are green lot now, for those in the know. Um, back in the day, media were made to park in what was called the gray lot. Yes, it was. Uh, it was it was so far down, it didn't even have a color. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was a legit 20-minute hike to the stadium from there. Yes. Um, now, green is, is the furthest ring of the close parking lots, but it, but it is one of the actual stadium parking lots. It's not a made-up thing in a field that, that they gave us to, to demean us. Um, and that actually, that started with Jason Wright when he came in, uh, and that, that, that continues, and uh, uh, we, we appreciate it. Because I know during the pandemic, we were able to park in the orange lot. And- no, nobody, nobody did better than, than the fans who made it out during the pandemic. When they yep. had those games where there were two, 3,000 people there, I yes. mean, literally everybody just parked up front. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I want to get your thoughts about Sam Howell 
uh, how he played. We, me and Bob had talked about it. Yes, it was an exhibition. Yes, it was against the second string for Baltimore. But I thought in the situations that Ron Rivera was looking for, I thought Howell played pretty, pretty well given the circumstance. What did you think? Man, two things that really impressed me and stood out to be about Sam Howell. One was he had a bad play where he turned second and two into third and 15. Coaches don't like that, by the way, when you turn second and two into third and 15. <laughs> that hasn't changed. I know these, these are the kind of insights. I'm a free agent, man. These are the insights that are available for hire. Um, <laughs> but then very next play, what does he do? He converts the third and 15, shakes it off, goes out, has a great play. And that's important because he's going to have interceptions this year. He's going to have sacks this year. But he bounced right back, didn't let it get to him. The second thing, he throws a mean deep ball. Mm-hmm. And not even all of them were caught, but but he puts that thing on a rope, gets it downfield, gets it to where its target is. And look, we've had some very competent quarterbacks come through here who manage the game and move the chains. But it's been a long time since we've had a quarterback that throws a legit deep ball and that does so much for the rest of the team that does so much for the running game for the offensive line it's just so good for everybody if he can land one of those deep balls sure i'll hit you with the negatives too Uh, look we were all afraid of this offensive line coming into the season sam Howell sacked four times in the preseason on my scoreboard all four were his fault not the offensive Hmm. line's fault he didn't make the adjustments he didn't get the ball out when he needed to you saw one the other night where look he had the one two three and he didn't throw it away. He hung on to it too long, mm-hmm. and, and they got to him. And he, he'll have to learn you cannot do that in the NFL. Um, so the decision-making is not 100% there yet. Um, but look, there's, as I wrote, there's more good than bad. Um, and given that he was a fifth-round draft pick a year ago, I think you take that. What is the impact now, and what do you think it'll be during the year and what you saw of Eric Bieniemy? And his offense, and, you know, we had the whole dust-up and hullabaloo about he's too tough on us, coach, and all of that. But at the end of the day, what do you think the impact will be of the enemy on this offense? I think Troy Aikman, you know, about midway, like late in the first quarter, he just goes, that's the Chiefs offense. And, and huh. yeah, yeah, you know, it, it is. It, it's, you know, it's Chiefs from 2022. So the, the Patrick Mahomes evolution was he came in, he was so successful at making the big plays. Teams took that away, and then in twenty in twenty two, he learned I can just move the ball down the field five to seven yards at a time, and and that's what you saw Sam Howell doing. I love the offense. I, I love the potential. Uh, uh, you know, the dust ups old news, but I will say this: the players came away from that looking bad, not Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Like if Eric Bieniemy had been hired to coach the Buffalo Bills or you know the Patriots or the Steelers, like and the players gripe. Maybe, maybe you're like, okay, well, you know, these guys know how to have success. These guys don't know how to have success. These guys have stunk for the last two years. I mean, this team has been one game away from the playoffs each of the last two years. Mm -hmm. And and you can say pretty definitively, it's the offense's fault they didn't get there. You know, that does not buy you a lot of wiggle room into complaining about your situation. What do you like about the the rest of that offensive group? I, I mean, we talked about the receivers. Um, they probably have three of the top receivers, young receivers in the game. And also the running backs, going with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson and also, what is it, Rodriguez? Rodriguez, Out of Kentucky, yeah. Uh, you know, I... When and and I haven't been to the training camp practices, obviously, but before that, in the OTA practices, 
the enemy was coaching Brian Robinson really hard, like mm-hmm. harder than everybody else. And what I couldn't figure out was, is that because he, he doesn't like the guy for some reason? Or is that because, like, he believes in him and he's trying to lift him to, to the next level? Mm-hmm. And obviously you hope it's that one. Um, I, I don't know what to make of the running game, which I think is intertwined with, I still don't believe in this offensive line. I don't think they're going to hold up for the entire season, and I don't think it's a particularly you know jaw-dropping collection of talent there. I, I don't think I'm the only person with that opinion, but I love these receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Dotson is only better. Jahan Dotson, I, look, he, he has made big-time strides. Um, Curtis Samuel, if he gives you what he gave you last year, you feel great about that. And enough said about Terry McLaurin. Of course, you just hope his toes healthy, which, which it sounds like it will be. That's, I would put that three up, uh, I believe, against pretty much any other team in football. Mm. So, uh, Michael, Sean is dying to know, do you think this is a postseason team? You know, here's what's funny to me. The <laughs> Vegas line right now is six and a half wins for these guys. Uh-huh. And, and you look at that, and I think Sean looks at that, I think sensibly says, yeah, mm-hmm. over. They're, they're going to get more than six and a half. There's enough talent there just on defense to, to carry you. I, I think what's baked into the six and a half is I think this is a, a nine and eight team and a wild card team. I also think if things go badly, this is a wheels come fully off four and 13 team. Mm. Like, I, I just don't know that there's a lot of in between. And, and you know, if, if these guys, if the, the defense is good enough, if Sam Howell gives you enough plays, this is a team that when, when they go play Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Eve, I think that could be a really big game for both teams, just in terms of playoff position. I, th- I got that one circled already. I think that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This is also a team that, look, if you go one and three and the offense turns on the enemy, like you're coaching as hard for this, like get out of here, and they, they cycle through three quarterbacks as they've been known to do, and mm-hmm. Harry gets hurt or something like that. Look, everybody knows Ron's getting fired at the end of the year. If that happens, everybody starts looking out for themselves. Or in thirteen. I, I mean, it's it's easy to draw the map between both of those places. I think it's a really big swing between ceiling and floor here. I, I, I did mention that those first four games could really be telling, especially you know if, if they go three and one, the optimism is high. Now they get all excited and everything is, you know, it's the honeymoon period. But like you said, if they go one and three and Howell is injured or he throws a lot of interceptions and that O line does not hold up. Yeah, hopefully there's no mutiny. That That's going to be the big thing. You know, I, I think we're all chalking up the Cardinals game as a win. And it's the NFL, and that's dangerous. But I, I do think they're good enough to beat the Cardinals. And team with a coaching change is a team you want to play in week one, not mm-hmm. week 18 by the time they've gelled. I'm excited about week two in Denver, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. There's a ton of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a huge game for them. And especially if, if these guys can put week one in the bag, they're playing with house money a little bit there. I think that would be fun. Uh, and then, then you start rolling from there. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a fascinating NFC East this season. Obviously, Jalen Hurts and Philly look pretty untouchable. But that's a one-man band. If, if Jalen Hurts uh, gets injured for some reason or, or something happened mm-hmm. there, you know, I, I don't think the Eagles look as, as formidable anymore. The Cowboys are always the Cowboys. They're always going to win 10 games and then lose in the playoffs. <laughs> and and the, the Giants are beatable. But these guys haven't proved they can contain Daniel Jones over the last six years. I mean, yep. he, he, dude plays like a Hall of Famer against them. So I, I think that will be a very fun test for this defense to see how legit they are. It's, it's some good matchups. 
Michael, we love talking commanders and football with you. We hope we get some more chances to do it as the season moves along. We hope we see your byline out there, and we hope you wind up where you want to be in the future because you deserve it. Well, that is very kind of you to say, Bob. I love chatting with both of you guys. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the game, Sean, and I uh, can't believe we're already kicking off tonight. What's fun? I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. The chopper is outside as we speak. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Michael, thanks. Stay in touch. Thanks, Mike. All right. Yep. Michael Phillips, he's great. That's yep. why we had him on the radio. I mean, if he wanted a radio career, we could we could add him to our stable. Podcast, radio, I mean, he, exactly. good stuff. And, he, sure. and he's still in the know, so that's that's always yep. big. And I, I didn't dare ask him, like, what's next? What can you tell us? Are you covering the next game? Right. You, I don't, I'll bet he doesn't even know at this point. And he's probably probably enjoying that. Just, it's you know, a lot just, of day-to-day. You never know. Yeah. And the fact that he had never been to the, the visiting that's locker a cool room story, at FedEx. <laughs> That is a cool. Thing. I think I've and been there right. once. He's right. That's right out of a you know a coach who changed teams, yeah. or a player who's been traded. All that. Yeah, that's that's it's, really it's funny. good stuff. It's funny. All right, finish it up. Last segment. Straight ahead. Sports Huddle. One hundred six one ESPN. He serves up a whole lot of sports with a whole lot of opinion, which means you've got a whole lot of listening to do. Big Al is live from eight to ten weekday mornings on one hundred six one ESPN. Richard. Quick baseball note and off of something we were talking about quite extensively earlier. At the moment, the Angels are saying, Sean, that Shohei Otani will continue to hit. He just won't pitch. I think that will still be determined by if he has to have a surgery. And if he does, you would want to have it, I would think, as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Because it's going to be time consuming especially you got to worry about the swelling if once the swelling mm-hmm. goes down to do yep. the surgery but uh, we were talking about that he's, he's in the same situation as Bryce Harper yeah. when he had his elbow injury he was able to pitch he just couldn't throw we'll see the pain tolerance as well for Otani how much pain can you tolerate especially when you swing how much torque is going to be on that mm-hmm. elbow and I guess they can say if we can't do any more damage to swing so but that that's gonna be interesting too is like how much are you willing to put in if the Angels are out of playoff contention with free agency looming. Well, it's probably important for him to finish strong yeah. offensively. Yeah. You know, not that teams need more proof that he can I'll hit. Say, yeah. You know, but it would certainly help his case. And maybe he becomes even a better hitter, only Could. Yep. concentrating on one aspect of the game, assuming the injury isn't too severe and the pain yep. isn't too severe. Keen, continue to watch that. Uh, and as, as we said, the Angels are, are coming east. This weekend for what Mets first right Mets. and then Philadelphia yep. mm-hmm. after that. Yep. Um, hey, tomorrow timing of this is perfect. Mark Zuckerman will join us from the Nats Chat podcast mm. off of uh, what they've been doing of late nine and three in their last twelve games. Took two out of three from the Yankees. Um, are tied now with the Mets for fourth in the National League East. Plus, you got the Strasburg story of his retirement, the Davy Martinez contract extension. So good timing for us to have Mark Zuckerman on from the Nats Chat podcast tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Pedro. Ruza is going to join us tomorrow. The outstanding head coach at Randolph-Macon. Nice. The Yellow Jackets get set to uh, start their season. Hey, I can I can get these these printouts here. <laughs> well, Wait a minute. You know, I, I can let you know who they're going to play. They're going to print- play North Carolina Wesleyan. You know this already. September 2nd. They uh, are the unanimous. I'm confirming that. That is correct. Yes, unanimous preseason ODAC favorites. Uh, they got all seven first place votes, and they are ranked fifteenth in the preseason poll in Division Three. Did that story this week? Uh, that's why you knew all that <laughs> off the top of your head. I was going to say that's not on this sheet. No, just it's not their on, schedule. Yeah. 
is on this seat, and they and they get the game, the Hamden Sydney game at home. And we get. I know you mentioned uh, Marty, Marty. Yeah, this will be his last year. Yep. He's got a bunch of talent. Both of those guys got a bunch of seniors and a lot of starters coming back uh, this year. For How both. emotional would that have been for him if the last game had been at home too? <sighs> I mean, he could get to the playoffs, obviously, but that place would be so. I mean, sold out. I mean, it's already sold yeah. out with with Hampton, uh with Randolph Macon. I've had the good fortune of being at Hampton Sydney for the game a couple of times. That place, it's uh, great, Lewis isn't was it? talking about. It's electric for Cameron Indoor. That place is electric for that for that game. Dayfield will oh, be too. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh yeah. And I'm not done yet. We have one more guest tomorrow. We got three tomorrow Uh-oh. to finish up the week. A guy named Chris Mooney joins us tomorrow. What? The, uh, <laughs> here's a scoop for you. The Spiders will officially announce their non-conference schedule tomorrow morning. Oh. Now you can already piecemeal most of it together through various websites. Yes. But it'll officially be announced tomorrow morning. So that's we're gonna have him talk about that. All the transfers, getting mm-hmm. ready for the season. The guys are back on campus. All of that. So feeling good. Yeah, Get them coming we'll back see. to the hot to the hot chair. There you go. Uh, okay. I don't know any of these guys, but I'm going to learn about them <laughs> pretty quickly. So, so yeah. Tomorrow, Mark Zuckerman, Nats Chat Podcast, Pedro Aruza, Randolph Macon, Chris Mooney, Richmond, to wrap up the week. Good show to end the week, man. Fun day today. I'm going to have to put on my earbuds while uh, while you're taking the, a long run before the. Well, so that you can nah, listen while you're running? Four o'clock-ish. <laughs> now I'll be in the house and then getting ready to go to my destination. There you go. There you go. Yep. Yep, because we have final score Friday tomorrow night. First show, 11-10. Start season number 29. We'll be watching. Of that show. We'll be watching. Yep. All right, Sean, thanks. All right. Lois, thank you. Over there on the other side of the glass, we finish up the week tomorrow with the Sports Huddle at 4, Matt Joseph's Border to Border at 3. Reverse order, that means Big Al with Sports Phone at 8 and Jamie King at 7 with the Sports King. Bob Black saying so long from our ESPN Richmond studios. Talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 4 with the next Sports Huddle. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. 